Well, let me begin. As the old saying goes, um, uh, you know, before I preach, I have something to say. And uh, what I want to say is thank you uh, to the church, Pastor, and others for uh, Martha for the kind and gracious invitation. I'm honored to be here, been looking forward to coming, and uh, and, and grateful for the chance. And thank you. First Baptist Church, El Paso, for your involvement in and your support of our ongoing work all across Texas and beyond. Um, because of people like you and churches like this, we are making a difference uh, all across Texas. And I hope maybe in a few minutes when I finish, you'll have a better, a little better picture of what that uh, looks like. But thank you for your ongoing support. And thank you for your uh, promotion of the uh, Mary Hill Davis offering for state missions. If you were here uh, just at the beginning of the service, you saw a little video about who Mary Hill Davis is and uh, this offering uh, promotion uh, year, the theme this year is speak out and uh, your goal is $12,000 and uh, that certainly should be a goal you as First Baptist Church El Paso can reach and surpass. The statewide goal is $3.6 million. So uh, we use all of that to do great work uh, for the gospel in Texas. So please be faithful and generous, not only to your church, but above and beyond to the uh, uh, Mary Hill Davis offering for state missions. And thank you uh, for that. Well, this morning I want to do a couple of things. I want to talk a little bit about Texas and uh, then a little bit about Texas Baptist and our work all across the state. So those two things, uh, uh, pronounced it correctly, uh, and uh, so I'm a, I'm a native Texan, uh, and this is a big place. Uh, and I am at a different church somewhere in Texas every Sunday. And a while back, I was in uh, the far southeast corner of Texas, uh, the Golden Triangle area, Beaumont, Port Arthur, Port Natchez. So when you cross into Texas from Louisiana in that part of the state, there is a uh, distance sign. And the sign says, Beaumont, 23 miles, El Paso, 857 miles. So uh, Texas is a, is a big place. But if you were to ask me, in Texas right now, what what would you say is changing in our state? And my answer would be everything. Right now in Texas, everything that you see and know is in some state of change. I'll give you a little bit of uh, a glimpse of that. Uh, just start with the population. So right now, within the borders of Texas, we are approaching 28 and a half million people who call Texas home. And we've been adding people to our population to the tune of 300 to 500,000 a year for the past six, seven, and eight years. Now, I am asked sometimes, how is, how is that happening? Well, three simple answers. One, people are born here. As a matter of fact, and every day in Texas, around 1,000 people are born. So just on average, every single day, there are about 500 new Texans. But as you know, people migrate to Texas from all over the U.S. From all the other 49 states, people are moving into Texas. And for reasons I can't explain, every now and then, people will move from Texas to one of the other 49 states. 
But on average, about 400 more people every day move into Texas from somewhere in the U.S. than leave here to go to somewhere in the U.S. And people immigrate to Texas from all over the world. Now, people leave Texas and go to other places in the world every day. But on average, about 300 more people a day immigrate into Texas from somewhere in the world than leave here to move to somewhere else in the world. So just on average, every day, birth, migration, and immigration, we have somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 new Texans. So our population just continues to grow. As a matter of fact, did you know that the hottest housing market in the United States of America is in Midland, Texas. Go figure. I can only assume that the people moving there have never been there. (laughs) I'm just saying. So, our population is growing, and we are becoming very, very diverse. Now, when you think of diversity, you probably think of cultural and ethnic diversity, and that is all very true. Uh, We are a very diverse state, and we are a very diverse convention. We have 5,300 churches that form this Baptist General Convention of Texas, about 1,100 of those are predominantly Hispanic. About 900 of those are predominantly African-American. About 300 of those would be other cultures like Asian and Arabic and African. About 200 of those would be Western Heritage, cowboy churches, and the rest would be predominantly Anglo churches. We're a very diverse convention. As a matter of fact, today, in one of those 5,300 churches, we will share the gospel and do ministry in 69 different languages. And it would be 70 if you count the cowboy churches. So it's just, <laughs> we are a very diverse convention, but that reflects the diversity of the state. But when you think of diversity, don't just think of uh, cultural and ethnic diversity. You know, because of all of the population growth we've experienced in the last 10 to 15 years, the religious climate in Texas has changed dramatically. A while back, I was invited to serve on a religious panel. So let me give you a little glimpse of what the religious diversity in Texas is like today. Now, this religious panel took place on the campus of one of the major universities in Texas. And it was a large ballroom in in the main uh, student building of the campus. And there were probably 400 to 500 college students who had come. And they came for all kinds of reasons. Some came because they were probably curious, you know, what about all these different religions and what's all that about? I would imagine some came because they were really seeking and searching uh, answers to questions they had, and then I expect some came because they were really desperate in some place in their life. They were at a point of desperation, and maybe one of us they thought might be able to give them uh, an answer they were looking for. But there were six of us on the, uh, on the, on the panel, 
So here's who was on the panel. This is just a, a small little glimpse of the religious diversity in Texas. On the far end of the table, there was a Buddhist monk. And next to the Buddhist monk, there was a Muslim imam. And then next to the imam, there was an atheist. Now, see, I never knew why he was on the religious panel. Does that, uh, next to the, the atheist, there was a Jewish rabbi. Next to the rabbi, there was a Mormon bishop. And then next to the Mormon bishop was yours truly. So when they called and asked if I would come, they said, now remember, you'll be representing all of Christianity. I said, well, I'm pretty Baptist, but I'll do my best. So we each had to answer the same four questions. And uh, when, when that was over, uh, they... Um, they opened up the floor, opened up the microphones to the students to ask any of us any question they wanted to ask. So I've been in the ministry a long time, and there are no two words that scare me more than the words open mic. Just between you and me, I've been to too many rehearsal dinners. So you can let that soak in for a minute. But so... They asked a few questions, but then there was, there was a student that stood up and, and looked at me and said, and I don't remember exactly how he, he framed the question, but it was something along the lines of, uh, Mr. Christian, uh, can, you, can you tell us briefly, just in a, in a nutshell, what you believe? You know, so yeah, how do you say thanks for a question like that? I didn't plant the student there. If I'd thought in advance, I would have. But so I gave two answers. And I gave them back to back because I didn't want there to be a pause so that somebody else could get in another question because I wanted to get both of my answers in there. So in a, in a sweet way, you know, I, I, was, I was sweet. Uh, I said, well, two things you need to know. First of all, I believe that Jesus Christ is the only Son of God, and He's the only way to salvation. Then, without much of a pause, I said, but just a little deeper than that, I believe that Jesus Christ was, in fact, born of a virgin, and I believe He did live a perfect life, and I believe He did die on the cross at Calvary, and I believe he was buried in a tomb, and I believe on the third day he was raised again by the power of God, and I believe he has ascended and is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, and I believe that Jesus Christ is coming again one of these days to receive all of us who believe all of that about him. Now, that's what I believe. So, when the whole thing was over, you know, the best news of the night was they lined up to talk to any of us about our religion, but the longest line was lined up in front of me to talk about Jesus. And I stayed there to talk about Jesus as long as any of them wanted to. But I just, I tell you that story to say, in Texas today, there are more than 100 different religions that are being practiced. So diversity, yes, it's cultural and ethnic diversity, but the religious climate and the religious diversity in Texas is significant, which makes who we are and what we have to offer 
that much more significant. So Texas is changing. One of the little uh, note about the, the changing landscape of our state, and that is, let me just talk about households for a minute. So I don't know what you think of when you think of a household, but let me give you a couple of statistics. So back in 1970, now some of you, that's, the, you, that, that's something you don't remember. I have, I have a vague recollection of 1970. So back in 1970, the percentage of households in Texas that was made up of a mother and a father and children at home was almost 42%. So you got that? 1970, the percentage of households in Texas that was made up of a mother and a father and children at home was 42%. Now you fast forward to 2018, and the percentage of households in Texas today that's made up of a mother and a father and children at home is less than 23%. Now, I'm in a different church every week. And every church that I'm in has the same mindset. It's not wrong. What every church thinks is this, and it's not wrong. I think it's just incomplete. Every church says we need to reach the families. So what they're thinking is households. We need to reach the families. We need to reach the young families. And so my response is Yes, yes, you do. Reach all of them. And then give some thought to the other 77% of the households in Texas. So, for example, uh, did you know that 25% of the households in Texas today are single adults living by themselves? Now, I have a daughter who's a single adult. She is educated and employed. Those are my two favorite words. <laughs> she lives by herself. She was raised in church. She loves church. But you know the most difficult thing she does every week? Is get up by herself and go to church by herself. I have pastor friends who share that same story. I have a pastor friend his daughter is now 30. She's single, lives by herself, and is a member of his church. And you know the most difficult thing she does every single week is get up and go to church by herself. First Baptist El Paso, whatever you can do to make the single adult population of El Paso feel like they are wanted and welcome here, you must do that. But you know the another 25% of the households in Texas are made up of Kathleen and me. We are married, empty nesters. That's not all bad. So we are married, no children at home. That is one-fourth of the households of Texas. So ministry to my parents and ministry to Kathleen and me, not the same. You know, I don't know, probably shouldn't. You know, Branson, Missouri is not in our future. <laughs> Did I say that in a bad way? It's just, my parents love Branson, Missouri. And let me move on. So, all that to say, 
the, everything that you know about Texas today is changing. And what are we doing about it? I just want to mention two things this morning. Uh, real quickly, there, there are two biblical New Testament truths that we try to keep out in front of us at, at all times. I think these are two New Testament truths that, that are good for an individual. They are certainly good for a church, and they're great for a convention. And I'm going to just mention those two briefly and tell you a quick story about each one. One of those is in Matthew chapter 22. If you have your Bible, you might want to turn there to Matthew chapter 22, and I'm going to uh, read verses 37, uh, 38, and 39. Uh, Just follow along. You will recognize this. Jesus replied. He had been asked the question, uh, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So one of the New Testament truths that we keep in front of ourselves as a convention at all times is Matthew 22, the great commandment. We want to make sure that all of our mission and ministry work fits loving God and loving others. Now, the way I say it in my mind is I love God because of who he is and what he's done. And this command to love my neighbor as myself, I do that regardless of who they are and what they've done. It is just a great commandment truth that we try to keep up in front of us. And by doing the work of the great commandment all across Texas, we are pushing back the darkness. I'll give you an example. Many of you will be familiar with the work of Texas Baptist Men. It's a disaster relief work. It's been going on now for about 50, uh, 51 years. Uh, started in the Rio Grande Valley after Hurricane Beulah. Uh, so, a, a while back, after Hurricane Harvey, uh, which is one year ago last month, who's raising up the next generation to do disaster relief and recovery work? So we started this ministry called Bounce. I don't know if you've heard about it or not, but it, it stands for Helping Communities Bounce Back from Disaster, and it is, it is a disaster relief and recovery work for junior high and high school students. And this past spring break, last March, we had 600 high school students from all over Texas going to south and southeast Texas doing disaster relief work after Hurricane Harvey. This summer, for five weeks, we had 200 students a week in south and southeast Texas doing disaster relief work. So one day, I fly down to Houston. I get in my car, drive over to Dickinson, Texas. You don't know where that is. It's just southeast of Houston, devastated by Hurricane Harvey. And we had seven work sites, and I, I went to all of them, but I'm going to tell you about one. So I drive up in front of this house that had about, at one point, about four feet of water in it. And the lady that lived there was 90 years old. She was an African-American widow lady. So I drive up in front of her house, and uh, I meet her and talk to her. And then we step back, and we look up on her roof. And on her roof are 15 high school kids scraping off the shingles. And before the week was over, those 15 kids with supervision, uh, those 15 kids had put on her house a brand new roof 
and they cleaned up all around her yard and home. Now, the ministry to that lady was significant. That's great commandment work. But the significant ministry took place when the neighbors came by and asked those questions to the high school students. Now, why are you here? Why have you given up a week of your summer to come to Dickinson, Texas, that's known for two things, heat and humidity? And why are you on that roof helping that lady? And the response is, because we love God and we love others. That's just one example. And when you give to us and, uh, through your ongoing offerings and when you give to us through the Mary Hill David, those things happen. We're all about doing great commandment work and great commission work. Turn in your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 28. I know that many of you are aware of this. Let me just remind you of it. Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Great commandment and great commission. That's what we do. Now, in the Great Commission, there are three things. There's an expectation. The expectation is that we're going to go. There's some instructions. The instructions are to baptize and teach. But there's one command in the Great Commission, and the command is to make disciples. We are in the disciple-making business. And so there are two parts to making a disciple. Part one tell somebody about Jesus. Part two, when they come to faith in Christ, help them get into a church like this where they can grow and develop into a mature faith in Christ, making disciples. As a church, you're part of one of the most significant ministries I know anything about. I want to make sure you know about it because it's great commission work at its best. It's the work of the Baptist Student Ministry on college and university campuses around Texas. Now, you have a great university here in, uh, at UTEP, and there's a BSM there. And that's just one of 115 that we have all across the state. And every year, out of those BSMs, rise up students who do mission work. And let me tell you about one of those experiences. You'll have to go back with me in your mind to spring, March, spring break this past year. And if you would, just kind of envision, careful, envision South Padre Island, Texas. So, do you know how many college students from around the country show up in South Padre Island, Texas for spring break? somewhere between thirty and 40,000. But that's not the whole story. The rest of the story is what you do, First Baptist El Paso, in cooperation with us, the Baptist General Convention of Texas, because together we sent this past March over 700 student missionaries to South Pottery Island to do one thing, make disciples. Talk to people about Jesus 
and then help them understand what it means to grow up once you know Christ in developing into mature faith in Jesus. And so here's how it works. You've got these college students from all over the country, and, and we sent 80 church vans to South Padre Island, Texas. And all they do is give free rides to college students on the island all day and all night anywhere they want to go. So I hop in the back of one of these vans. I don't, I don't stay back there very long because after a couple of rides, I think, yeah, I mean, it's probably a little creepy for somebody my age to be in the back of... <laughs> yeah. So I, I get out, but here's what happens. So the, you're giving free rides, so you, you pull up in a church van, not sneaking up on anybody. It's got the name of the church on the side of the van. So you pull up, curb, a bar, wherever, open the side door of the van. You guys want a free ride? Two students, five students, eight students, you want a free ride? You know, they say, yeah, free. Where do you want to go? Where, take them wherever. But it's a little bit of a maneuver here, though, to... Um, once they get in to close the door of the van and drive off, kind of before they realize they've hopped onto a van full of student missionaries. You see what I'm saying there? Say, so, yeah, you close the door and drive off pretty quick. And, but on every seat of the van is a student missionary who spent the last six months praying and training on how to engage in the gospel conversation is somebody in those vans. And back at the Island Baptist Church, there are other student missionaries who are praying all night long for what's happening in these vans, and they're tweeting back and forth, and it's showing up on a big screen, pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so. And then throughout the night, periodically, there'll be a tweet, and, it, and they all stand up and cheer because it says the same thing. It says, praise God tonight, so-and-so, give the name of a college student, so-and-so moved from death to life. Happens all week long, all day long, all night long. And this past March, more than 300 students made professions of faith in Christ, and on Thursday afternoon, about 60 of those were baptized in the Gulf of Mexico. That's a ministry you're a part of, and that's what it means to make disciples. So, and those are just two things, bounce and beach reach. Those are just two things. But I say all of that to tell you that all across Texas, from El Paso to Beaumont, from Texarkana to the Rio Grande Valley, and every place in between, we are diligent about fulfilling the great command and the great commission. We are speaking out with the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you for helping us make that happen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the day. Thank you for this church. Thank you for its ministry here in such a strategic city in our state and in this country. I pray for First Baptist Church and ask your blessings on this place. And Father, collectively we pray for the work of Texas Baptist all over the state that we might be careful to always uh, fulfill the great commandment and carry out the great commission. Father, we come to this time of invitation, and we pray that you'd be honored and pleased with how we respond. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I could have a, just a quick moment of your attention. If you're here today and you've never acknowledged Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, on behalf of the pastor... 
On behalf of the church, I'm honored to extend that invitation to you. In just a minute, we'll sing. Uh, the pastor, Brother Bob, will be here at the front. You come down, take them by the hand, just say you want to talk about Jesus. They'll know what to say, and we're praying for you as you come. You may need to walk just in a fresh spirit before the Lord. Let them pray for you and let them encourage you. You may need to join this church. God's been speaking to you and leading you to First Baptist El Paso. Don't let another Sunday go by. Be a part of this church and what God is and will do here. It will be significant. Come be a part of that. Let's stand together. Let's sing. We invite you to come.